Greetings program. Hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 95. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my courageous, driven, and wonderful guest co-host, Tyler Nickel. Welcome, Tyler. Hello, everybody. Greetings programs. <laughs> welcome to another minute of credits. Oh my goodness. It's everyone's favorite part of the show. It was just... Because like like all movies, there's a scene at the end of this credits that we're getting to, right? Ah, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, tugs at collar. We'll see. Uh, so this is we get some uh, journey that keeps on playing. Some you know, middle of the road journey. Some enjoyable journey. Some pleasant journey. I think you just, that, just uh, you defined the late '80s by it's some journey that keeps on playing. <laughs> There you go, yeah. Uh, and then, but we come into one of the coolest parts of the credits here. It's a really, really cool part. The credits for the ink and paint matting work done in Taipei, Taiwan by Cuckoo's Nest Production. I don't think I've seen the phrase paint matting before. That is isn't interesting. It, isn't it matte, matte painting? I don't know. I couldn't, uh, I don't, I mean, I'd hate, they wouldn't have a typo in the credits. So, I mean. Well, I mean. Like so, I, maybe it's I can, one of those things where it could be either or. I don't you, know. You know, flexing my English literature degree, um, <laughs> I could see that the result of it is a matte painting. Yeah, and this is right? the crew that is paint matting. So these are the ones where they are painting a matte painting. Yeah. And so I could see that being the the word flip for that's the department is paint matting, and they yeah, create yeah. matte paintings. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can think that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Cuckoo's Nest here because uh, it became early on in the production hugely apparent. Not early on, sorry, way too late and uh, and scarily close to release. It became hugely apparent that this workload couldn't be done in California uh, without ballooning the budget. So, like this is the, the practical logistical side of the whole production. Like the movie would not have happened if it wasn't for Cuckoo's Nest. Right, you've got this absurd number of scenes leading to an absurd number of frames, mm-hmm. and each frame has between seven and twenty layers. Oof. Right, so you've got one giant blown-up cell of the black and white footage of the actors, one cell of their teeth, one cell of their eyes, one cell of their face, one cell of their hands, one cell of the background, one cell of the highlights on the background if needed, one cell of the highlights on the actors if it's needed, one cell of effects. Or like one cell for each effect, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all separated from each other, painted by hand, literally left to dry, and then layered back together like a big clubhouse sandwich, Thir- like thirty times for each second. So Bridges goes into the computer in minute thirty or so, and there's like twenty minutes of pure CG in the film. So. This is all, you know, estimates, but that leaves around 46 minutes inside the grid, give or take, that was done by hand. So that's 2,760 seconds, which is 82,800 frames. And then another 7 yeah. to 12 layers yeah. on top of that. Assuming a default median of like 9 layers each, that's like 745,200 layers of cells. You did the to, math. Like to paint... <laughs> to paint dry and put back together like they're just ballpark figures that i just did here but like 
you get the idea. Like yeah. it's a Herculean task of just like what? <laughs> one might even say Sisyphean, but yes. What <laughs> one might even say Sisyphean. This is getting into Sisyphean territory for sure. Like like they talk they talk a lot about how they like the CG was groundbreaking and very hard to accomplish. <laughs> this, this sounds wrist breaking on this <laughs> right? Like but the thing about the CG was that once it was rendered all you had to do was take a picture of it yeah. and then it was done. So Which you is just still, to... again, just a hilarious, like nowadays concept of like, what do you do? We photographed one frame of the screen. <laughs> like... Yeah. We blew it up on a high res monitor in a dark room and we took a picture of it on a, like a, a big, big CRT monitor. It sounds like the kind of thing of now it. that would give anyone trying to composite stuff an eye twitch. <laughs> right. You're like, you did what? <laughs> Are you? I have to sit down. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. For this, sure. te- this team of individuals is what made it so we could watch this movie. Yeah, this is just like house building. This is labor-intensive assembly line work that had never been attempted before with like the artistic and talent, the, with the talent involved here. I remember just like they they talk a little bit about how they they had some pie in the sky dreams for half a second of like poaching all of the animators in California, <laughs> you know, oh, right. or high hiring like a hundred interns and teaching them how to do it, you know, like, but neither of those options worked in terms of like time or money. Cause this was like January and it came out or maybe even later and it, you know, it comes out in June. So they're like, uh, okay, that's not a lot of time. That's no. a handful of months. It's, it's the same logistical planning of like, all right, we need a bunch of animators in about 12 years. 12-year-olds can draw, right? Okay, we're going to have a yeah, big party yeah. tonight. Invite everyone you know. <laughs> we are just going right? to see what happens. And because none of this had ever been attempted before, they had no idea what to estimate for the budget in the beginning. Mm. So they realized quickly that they'd lowballed themselves into a corner because they've been, they've been like, oh, I don't know, a million dollars. <laughs> Then they were like, turns out that is not enough. Oh, geez, what have we done? So Arnie Wong and Kushner, uh, they flew to Japan, China, and Taiwan to look for prospective studios. And uh, in the William Calais book, Making of Tron, they say that they chose Taiwan because the working atmosphere had a good crew of the bosses. Uh, like the bosses and employees would share the same floor and lunch breaks and play guitar songs, you know, on their breaks together and and so, like, in, in China and Japan, it was very segregated and, and rigid. And so they wanted this more cohesive team uh, of, of of animators. And also, Cuckoo's Nest was chosen because the head of Cuckoo's Nest at the time was James Wang, who was a former Hanna-Barbera animator who'd worked with Arnie Wong before. So well, they're like, okay, we, we know each other. So I think it's fascinating that they got this whole thing done with translators and even, like, video tutorials on how to do everything. They were like... They, they had to film these like language free video tutorials on how to do all the different processes. So that if, you know, like a little visual frequently asked questions thing yeah, just for, for everybody. It's just a it's the invisible labor that goes into stuff where like, you know, you're watching this as a, as a kid or a young adult and you're, you're not at the time contemplating all of this. You're just sucking yeah. the reality of it. And it's, it's an army. It's an army of human beings to bring you art and entertainment. And it's astounding. Yeah, because they were doing, they agreed to do 10,000 cells a week wow. uh, w- with a team of around 400 people. It's and still... there, was a, there was this horrifying moment where one of the first boxes that was shipped back to California, like the layers peeled apart to take photographs of them, but the layers peeled apart and the paint was like sticking between the layers. So it was like, you know, melted cheese of all the paint where they're like, it was like late at night 
and uh, one of the one of the supervisors got a call from like the 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 guy who was taking pictures of each cell, and he had a tremble in his voice, you know, because yeah. he was like, I I I I I've got I'm pulling them apart, and 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 and, and they're sticking to each other, like what 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 what? So they came down and. It was like they uh, they hadn't been leaving them to dry for long enough, mm. and before they packaged them in and shipped them back to the states, so they had to like halt and tell Taiwan, let the paint dry for the full twenty four hours before sandwiching and sending them, and then they sort of cataloged which ones were damaged and how long it would take to repair them, and that was like, but they had to rent like trailers and they made custom boxes to hold them all. I don't know, that's, that's incredible. insane. Yeah, I would not have considered that that part of the labor. I assumed it at all. Just been like, yeah, it's like it, there's you know, especially with digital pipelines nowadays. You're like, yeah, yeah. All right, they had to ship some stuff. That's fine. What are you gonna do? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? But it's like, it must. I get how must how frustrating it must have been to have the popular media at the time call it all CG, and how insulting it must have been to have the Oscars say, "Oh, CG is just cheating." You know, we can't nominate you for anything because CG yeah. is just cheating, and they must. Yeah, like, you're the the thing you use to sell ads sales and tickets for denied all of these artists their their time in the yeah. sun i i don't think there's middle fingers big enough for like right like yeah what when it but the 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 really the cool part is that all of these names are in chinese characters which was unique for the time and mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it's still unique so you get this huge block of credits uh with their proper names in their language which is like something that you don't see a lot of like you'll see a lot of uh credits these days and they'll have the like the phonetic mm -hmm. uh the, the you know the phonetic translations of their names or they're they're sort of anglicized you know, kind of yeah they're they're quote-unquote english names or whatever so this was a, a really cool thing because i imagine they could have watched the film and then seen this chunk of the credits and been like oh hey there's there's my name like my my literal name awesome like it must have been that that would have felt pretty great yeah i think so right uh, and then we get the credit for the computer generated images unit, which is with, a lot uh, smaller of credits <laughs> than the yeah, previous right? human beings who had to break their arms, wrists, and fingers to get this movie made. <laughs> no, not doubt. not that it was any small accomplishment, and not not to discount again the three D work put into this, but like when you look physically at the amount of scroll between physical artists and CG, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we got Richard Taylor at the helm, who we've talked about before, with Jerry Reese and Bill Croyer given the, the brand new made-up credit of computer image choreography. Uh, they're good animators and storyboarders, but they didn't know much in them. They weren't like computer experts, so they really had to interface with the computer experts at Magi and Triple I and the other places to get across exactly what they were going for, like plotting out each frame on graph paper frame by frame to make it all work. Like, and super labor intensive this is like not quite punch cards you know but it's it's like no, it's not too far removed from that like thinking I don't of know. how stressed out and tired people get of like a low speed internet connection yeah that, but like so much worse for every single like okay cool now we're gonna wait five minutes for this next frame to pop up and yeah right like an eighth of a second of lag is like oh come on you yeah. know <laughs> like oh you have no idea yeah. oh my sweet summer children do not quote you to know. me from the old magics i was there <laughs> <Right? when I'm laughs> exactly yeah i was raised in the lag you have come to it as an adult <laughs> i didn't uh, go high speed until i was a man and it there you me. go <laughs> that's the one 
Uh, like the ideas that computers made it all super easy in this film would make me tear my hair out. If I'd worked on it and they were like, oh, but you use computers, that made it all easy. I'd be like, we got to have a real brief, frank yeah. exchange of honest ideals in this alley over here. Yeah, I the think. computers <laughs> made know? it so I had both of my hands tied and tape over my mouth and had to explain <laughs> a scene to someone. Yeah, right? Uh, we get credits for Magi, who did the light cycles, recognizers, and tanks, yes. and uh, a lot of the shots with moving cameras. Uh, and then we get credits for Triple I, who did the MCP, the Solar Sailor, and Sark's character, Sark's carrier. And then we get credits for Robert Abel and Associates, who did the transition sequences from the grid, from uh, to the grid and back, and also the opening title sequence and. We get the credits for Digital Infect, Digital Effects Incorporated, who did the bit and uh, the Tron formation. I love so. bit. I want a bit on my shelf. I really wish they would have, if there's one, well, there's like 10 toys that I wish would have come out of this mm-hmm. film. I would love a tank. Uh, I know they've released little things here and there, mostly light cycles. I think they've mostly released light cycles. Oh, yeah, they love they've to re- release light cycles. They've they've released a few figures here and there, but uh, I really would like a really good, high quality tank model and uh, maybe a uh, oh you could probably make a drone, mm-hmm. a drone recognizer these days if you used like oh I really, bet you really... I bet you if we search long enough online someone's got to have slapped some foam together and put it onto one. Yeah, yeah, it'd be hard with the four corners like propellers on the four corners, but yeah, you could make something around like it. Yeah. <laughs> But the bit, the bit seems to me like something they could have just pumped out 9,000 of. They're just like, here, have some bits, you know? That's like a, that's like an injection molded, crank it out toy that they could have uh, they could have made. That you could like fold out into like the yes or the nose. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, one of those like little like fidget folder kind of things. Yeah, right? Because I know that like in, in Legacy, he's got a couple of those kind of looking things on his mantelpiece. Mm-hmm. But... Uh... And then we get into the full cast that we've Ooh. mostly explored in depth. I feel like I, <laughs> I, I know these people now. I feel like I could like, if I bumped into Cindy Morgan on the street, I'd be like, "Hey, Cindy, how's it going?" And, and she'd be like, "Who, who are you?" And I'd be like, oh, right, we've never met. Right, but I, I have I, spoken I, of you at length. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You know, so it'd be cool. I hope might be one day I'll meet them at a at a convention or something. I but you get, were talking. I guess you were saying. Oh, I did get to meet Bruce Boxleiter once. Oh, cool. Um, and then we shared, we were on the same plane um, going back uh, from San Diego Comic-Con to Vancouver. Um, and yeah, so I literally walked by. I'm just like, big fan, not going to bother you. Bye. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. And he all the seemed genuinely good. I just didn't, I always feel weird, like coming up to something. I would like oh, to yeah. express love for you. I don't know what to do with that. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you're great. Uh, that's about all I have to say. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it's... it. That was uh, the heart of the exchange and goodbye. But no, yeah, yeah, he was he was doing a comic book uh, where he was like the likeness for it. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Yeah, it was lovely. Someone expl- uh, someone lent me um, all the DVDs of Babylon Five, so I get to go through that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> sometime soon. But you were saying, so you're recently getting into VR. Yes, I have been getting into VR. I wanted to bring that up. This seems like the time where I can just completely yeah. detract from everything. Cause we, we've read some <laughs> of these names. We've done good. Um, yeah. yeah, so VR headset stuff. I have the uh, Oculus Quest, which is a wireless vo- version of VR, which is super Ooh. freeing. Um, cool. Still runs really smooth and great. But what's been interesting in it is that 
like both functionally and aesthetically so much of it does kind of like an 80s neon aesthetic okay so you can feel tron is just in everything uh there's one game in particular i like called thumper which is a very straightforward game you are a mechanical beetle on Mm -hmm. like a hot wheels racetrack kind of thing flying towards 80s lovecraftian monsters (laughs) and you have to like time certain events so that you shoot back their energies at them and like it's it's a straightforward thing there's not a lot of story to it but being fully immersed in something and having an almost mcp-ish enemy at the end of your track with tendrils coming out and like 80s polygons and you're like oh okay yeah no if you got teleported into tron it would really your head up that's oh i swore i'm sorry i did a curse (laughs) oh that's okay I've um, uh, I've edited out swears so far. Oh, okay. Well, I've then... got a sweet little no sound effect oh, that I put over it. So, oh my, it's okay. early in the morning here. In, in, I think <laughs> I don't good. know. Don't feel bad, man. It's all good. I got um, you. But yes, it was because I'm so excited. But yeah, in these games, and uh, yeah, fully fully entering into the grid is you know been a dream since I've been a young young lad. And uh, some of these games are really straightforward. There's stuff like Synth Riders and uh, like. Uh, saber, beat sabers and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, beat of... sabers like so Tron. Like I know it's lightsabers, but I'm like, this is it's Tron. <laughs> very Tron aesthetic. It's, it's here. a game they would watch on the grid. Um, but then you get other yeah. stuff like uh, my favorite one in it, and I think the most beautiful experience I've had in the VR headset is a game called Moss. Moss. Okay. You're kind of a forest spirit, and you're presented with these little kind of. You're supposed to sit down, and it's a little vignette, almost like a diorama kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's this little mouse character you control and have influence over. And they're like a little fantasy stuff. And it's in like ruins of a castle, but from the mouse point of view. Oh, cool. Uh, and you're trying to like puzzle solve. So you're like running them through stuff and you're physically adjusting the environment. And they see you as like a forest spirit and they speak in very limited sign language to you. Oh, wow. Um, so like when you do stuff, they'll do like the little thank you motion and like wave and you can wave back. And since it knows where you are, they track your head. So if you're like staring at them and wave, they'll kind of look over and give you a little wave back. Wow, <laughs> right like, on. You're like, I have a deep emotional connection to this character and I will do anything to save you and get you on your journey. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, nice. but Yeah, but having that and like actually having the introdu- like particularly in that game, you are the user and you have a program fighting for you on your behalf in this game. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's the most interesting thing of just being like, oh, like this game sees me as a player. Like this game recognizes that I am in a different environment and I am a different creature than what is present in this world. And mm-hmm. I can interact with the world in ways that the people in the world can't. They need my help. And like oh, man, having awesome. that experience is just so surreal. Um, where it's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm helping my little program out against other evil programs and trying to get through the next environment and puzzle solve. It's been, wow. so yeah, it's really a new appreciation of just how ahead the story of Tron was. Yeah. And then way that, ahead. that, that emotional connection you can have to a computer program that's mm-hmm. like, like, like I know for a fact that like another artist has put work into this and there's a script and they've put so much time and stuff, but it's like when you're in that moment, you're like, Nope, this is a real creature that I'm helping in the world. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So your your immersion is complete. Oh yeah, I've, I'm I'm pretty in on immersion. There's also, um, you know, speaking of Disney owned properties, they did do a series called Vader Immortal. Uh, like a like a VR series, like a like VR a... series. Okay, um, I, I think it's technically in canon um, for them. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's a very linear storytelling where you do get to like experience some saber fighting and force powers and that kind of stuff. And I won't spoil the stories too much on it, 
But being in a room and having digital Darth Vader walk up to you and start giving you commands. And you're like, yep, guess we're doing what that guy says because I am <laughs> staring right into his vents right now. and uh, like, I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, it's been fascinating to have a device now, you know, 35 years after this film came out, mm-hmm. where physically every day I can enter the grid. I can put on a headset and lose my own body and like i look down and i don't see myself anymore i see digital hands in place of my hands and yeah that's it's its own thing and it's crazy i saw a video recently of a vr guy juggling yep in uh in what's the game that just came out oh boy anyway there's a uh, half-life just did one Alex, yeah, Half Half Life Alex. Alex, yeah. So he's juggling in that, and he's uh, doing all this stuff. Yeah. So the quest is a little lighter on tech for that. You do need like a full computer with a wire hookup for that one because it is a little right. beefier of a game. Uh, so yeah. I haven't, I haven't got to mess around in that, but yeah, even like I said, just the minimal environments in this, and the fact that like it's tracking the room and the controllers in real time, so I can put my hand basically on the floor <laughs> and then go and pick up a controller where my com- vision is completely blocked, but I can perfectly like, oh, no, it's right there. Pick it oh, up. cool. Because yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's always the gif, right, of this is what's going to happen with VR, and you see that person running into a plant in the corner of the room. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, Just yeah, like you set up a digital barrier. Full tilting? Um, yeah, okay. So with the headset on, because it has cameras on all four corners, Right. Uh, it'll scan the whole room and you basically like spray paint, hey, here's where I can physically move around. And so when you get close nice. to it, kind of a hollow deck grid wall comes up mm-hmm. and is letting you know like, hey, real world, real world. Real world, real <laughs> yeah. world. Pump the brakes. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring up that uh, as a fun little thing of since the start of this, I now have my own Tron and I go into it most every day. <laughs> yes. Got your own grid. Well, that's cool. Uh, I guess that sort of takes us up to the end of minute 95. That sounds like a good spot for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear that we're about to celebrate because there's one more minute. One more minute. <laughs> if I spend one more minute with you. <laughs> with, with Tron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a full, there's a full song waiting there. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, do you want to? Tell people where they can hear more of you, I guess. Yeah, you did, sure. You can find it uh, Instagram. I'm at DorkZombie. Uh, TikTok, I'm at Mr. Nickel. And if you can't spell it right, I've decided now that you just don't get to find me. That's on you. Uh, you <laughs> That's should, on you. You can, you can either go back to where I spelt it before or you don't get to see my stuff. So figure it out. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, look up tronologicallyspeaking.com or drop us a line on Twitter at tronologicallyspeaking or an email at tronologicallyspeaking at gmail.com or... Join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Tron Minute by Minute Listeners page. You're uh, not getting punch drunk, which is great. <laughs> yes, which is not. No, it's great. Uh, shout out to Pond5.com for the intro and outro music. Special thanks to the Star Wars Movie by Minute that started it all. They're still going strong. Go on over to moviesbyminutes.com to see if your favorite movie is there, especially listening to the Star Wars Minute because they're really good. Also, the Fifth Element, Fifth Element is also fantastic. Uh, and uh, if but if your favorite movie is by some wild wacky reason not there, then consider doing this one yourself because it's a it's a very effort intensive but very rewarding experience. It to can do be a done by dive. human means. Duncan it can be it. done. It can be achieved. We have the technology. We can rebuild him. Uh, yeah. Do so you want to try a little end of line on? Three? I would like nothing more. One, two, three. 
end of life. Of life.